welcome to episode 37 of the WebJoy podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and in this podcast, we interview guests about their origin story and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I said I'd never get a Peloton with Sonia Myrie. Welcome to the next episode of WebJoy. I'm excited to have Sonia joining us today. Sonia, say hi to everyone listening. Hi, listeners. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Eddie. Absolutely. My pleasure. It's a pleasure for me to have Sonia on because I was working with her at Glassdoor before she left us, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing against you. No, um, but it was a sad day. Really enjoyed working with Sonia. So it's glad to just be able to catch up and chat and have this time. Yeah. I know who you are, but the listeners don't. So if you don't mind, just kind of share who you are, what you do, where you work. Brief intro. Yeah, sure. Hi, I am Sonia. I used to work with Eddie at Glassdoor. I work in product marketing. I lead a product marketing team at Intercom, which is another B2B tech company in the Bay Area. And I've been at Intercom for almost a year now, a little less than a year. So still still kind of finding my way. Um, and I've my career has been in all various marketing roles. I've studied marketing in college. So I feel like I'm one of those, those few people that actually, you know, I'm doing the thing that I studied in, in undergrad, which makes me way less cool, I think. But yeah, I have been in various different types of marketing roles, haven't always been in tech. So that is interesting. So you kind of went to college for marketing, got into marketing. How did that transition go from kind of general marketing to marketing in tech, right? And doing product marketing as opposed to just kind of marketing in general? I worked, my first job out of college was at Kraft Foods. I was a brand manager, which was really cool. I got to work on really iconic brands like Kraft Mac and Cheese. I worked on A1 steak sauce, Kraft barbecue sauce, really, um, yeah, to your point, like very traditional CPG marketing, where as a marketer in those types of companies, you're actually seen more as like a general manager, um, kind of the way product managers are seen in tech companies, you're kind of like the CEO of, of a product. But that's where I learned a lot of fundamentals of how to work cross-functionally because you're working with folks in finance, people at the plant manufacturing the product, supply chain, truly like cross-functional role with a lot of general management, but then marketing where you're figuring out how to talk and position about position a product, um, how you actually distribute it, how you work with retailers like Walmart and Target to actually get it on the shelves and thinking through pricing. So I actually learned a lot of the fundamentals of product marketing um, in that more traditional marketing role. I knew that I didn't CPG wasn't like, I'm I'm kind of a health nut. And so like, I knew that working in processed foods wasn't like my, my calling forever, but learned a lot, a lot of really great foundations there. And so made my way over um, and took the world of consulting and did a little like brand strategy consulting for a while. And then that's kind of when I transitioned to tech. And I'm happy to talk more about like how I made that transition. But I feel like a lot of the foundations I got in that, like those early days at craft are like things that I use every day, even in a completely different industry. That's awesome. Because I was kind of wondering, yeah, like how different was it to do product marketing, you know, in a non-tech company in the traditional sense versus product marketing in, in more of a tech thing. But it sounds like there are, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty different in that, like in a more traditional company, like in CPG, like you are the playing that product manager role. So you're figuring out 
how is our product performing? And, and as a product marketer, you should know all those things. You're just not as like accountable or responsible for those things. And I actually, personally, I like being in more of a supporting and contributing role, like working closely with our, my product manager on those things, as opposed to like in CPG, you're, I mean, if, if the plant shuts down and stops making Kraft Mac and cheese, like that's also your problem. Oh no. Uh, we don't have those problems in tech. We can ship our product a lot easier. You know, when I, when I wanted to, when I was working on a new brand of barbecue sauce, it took me like a year and a half to convince our VP that we needed to create a new line at a manufacturing plant just to make a new flavor of barbecue sauce. And so I think that's that kind of speaks to the, like, I knew I didn't want to be in packaged goods forever because it just moves at a, a much different pace when you can just add a new line of code <laughs> to your, your software and then ship it. It's just a, it's just a different, you know, sense of speed that you have. There are a lot of similarities in that you're solving some base, some of the most very fundamental questions in terms of like, who is our customer? What is the problem that we're solving for them? How do we, you know, help them understand that our product service offers the benefits that they're looking for? How do we frame those benefits? And then how do we get it out into the hands of our customers? So a lot of the questions are fundamentally the same, whether you're selling like noodles or <laughs> or sales marketing and support software like I do now. Yeah, I guess like you said, people people have needs and they think about those needs the same way. You're just looking at different needs, right? And you're fulfilling different needs. Well, cool. What is it that, like you said, a lot of people go to college, they end up deciding, hey, I'm not interested in this thing. And they actually, you know, make a turn and they do something else. And you didn't, which, well, you said, you know, might make you kind of boring, I think. <laughs> it shows that there's something that has really captivated you about product marketing. And so I'm just curious, what keeps you excited, right? What has kept you in it kind of this whole time? I think I really enjoy, like, I think this is going to sound so lame, but like if I wasn't a product marketer, I think the next job that I would really want to do is like being a like a pure researcher. Like I, gen oh. I genuinely enjoy like doing primary, like getting to talk to customers, like hearing the way that they talk about their problems, doing that with 20 customers, like dissecting the themes out of that, figuring out where there's commonalities and where there's differences and where there's segments or groups of customers that are the same. And so I really enjoy that type of thinking and more of that kind of like getting really underneath what people are saying like, I think I could have, I would have been really interested in like therapy or psychology or something similar to that. I don't know how the guy had the patience for that. But I think, yeah, the connection to people and really trying to understand the challenges and problems that they have is really interesting to me and has like, is at the pretty much the core of any marketing skill that you're going to do. I think there's, you know, roles out there in marketing, like you're going to be in marketing analytics or SEO or content that are much more like you know, data focus and a product marketer, you, you certainly need to know how to work with data and how to frame that and craft a story. But like as a product marketer, you're much more of a jack of all trades, like wear a lot of different hats, which can be one of the really challenging parts of the job. But for me, I really like having that flexibility. I think if I was like a marketing analytics person where I was just like, optimizing a funnel and trying to get as many leads into the top of the funnel and converting them. And not to say that it's not strategic, but you're like, you have a craft and that craft is, is kind of bound. Whereas in product marketing, like 
you look at my calendar, I'm in meetings about pricing and packaging. And then I'm talking to R&D about, you know, what the roadmap looks like. And then I'm working with our social team on how we, you know, what we're going to be saying when we launch a new product. And so I really enjoy that cross-functional like variety that I get. That's cool. One of the things that we often talk about in this podcast is what brings us joy. So taking a little bit of a, a shift away from your journey, I just like to ask like, hey, what is it something that kind of brings you joy? I was mentioning this earlier, but I, so I'm a, I'm a mom. Um, I have a 20 month old and before I had a, I should just say one and a half, <laughs> not 20 <laughs> month old. I feel like that's very confusing for people to have to do the math in, in their head. It's almost two. I think that before I had a kid, I was like really just an active, like I hiked a lot and did yoga. But I feel like when you have a kid, you tend to be confined, especially in the pandemic to your house a lot more. And so I I said I would never get a Peloton, but I did it. I broke. I was like, I need to be able to do fitness in my house. And that was one of the options available to me. Um, And so I got a Peloton and I recently, there's a app called Apple challenges. It syncs with your, with your Apple watch. And there's different like groups that you can join and it like tracks your exercise and your steps. And you can basically, like, I'm in a group of like a bunch of Bay area moms and we're like climbing the charts of other Peloton users and Apple watch users. I think there's like a high degree of overlap between like, I have a Peloton and I have an Apple watch. (laughs) Obviously it's been really fun. It's been really motivating for me to just like open up the challenges and see like there's, I mean, my group is my cohorts, like eight people. And like, my goal is just to not be number eight for the day. (laughs) That's a good goal. Yeah. It's been motivating to like force me to get on my Peloton. And, you know, I know that the Peloton company is going through they're going through quite a lot of challenges. Actually, that's a, that's something that like is just very interesting to me, just tracking the company's like trajectory right now and just, you know, just seeing what they're up to is I, I think really fascinating. And I have a few friends on their product marketing team and just interesting to chat with them about what they're up to. I used to kind of laugh at those kind of like gamification, not laugh at them, but just I never really needed that motivation. But I think now being a mom where I could like easily, you know, put my kid to bed and be like, oh, I just want to lay down. It's a really good source of motivation for me. And it's, it's really simple. So I'm nice. really enjoying that. So you feel like you didn't need as much of that motivation before because you probably, you know, had more time available and things like that, but <laughs> <laughs> more sleep available for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So now that you kind of are feeling the the sleep crunch and the time crunch, it's like you have that little thing on your wrist, like taunting you, like, hey, you don't want to be in last place. (laughs) Oh yeah, I never had an Apple Watch before I became a parent. This is probably the worst advertisement for being a parent, but (laughs) yeah, I wasn't really into the whole connected fitness thing before, but now I like really enjoy seeing my stats on the Peloton and I try to break my record. And I think I'm a fairly competitive person. And so- (laughs) I don't know why. I guess I was never into it before, but I really like being able to see like like my resting heart rate over the past six months has gone down and it's it's like super motivating to stay up. And health, health and wellness is like really, really important to me in general. Um, so it's a good way to stay on top of it for sure. That's interesting. Yeah, it. I find it interesting how some gamification things do work and some don't depending on the person. Most gamification stuff doesn't work on me <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, but um, Duolingo's gamification mm-hmm. has worked for me. Like, yeah. 
I am on like 352 days of Spanish right now. And thank you. And it's like, mm-hmm. no gamification stuff has worked on me. But for some reason, I am like, I'm like, I will not let this streak break. Like, I'm going to yeah. keep my my Spanish streak. Yeah, I feel you on the streak. That's how I am. The Peloton has a similar streak situation. Like, there's a little blue check. You get a little blue check for every day. And it's like, I ha- see, you know, they show you a month at a time. And I see, like, blue check, blue check, blue check. And, like, the thought of one <laughs> not being <laughs> checked blue is, like, really, really scary to me now. But, yeah, I'm not the type of, like, getting badges and points and... <laughs> Yo. That's like less less interesting to me, but give me like a box that I have to check and I will get it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was really cool. Yeah, I think one thing that helps me, I have an Apple Watch and I don't tend to focus too much on the rings because there's no rest days. So if you lose one day, your streak is broken. Yeah. Duolingo has occasional rest days that you build up by like, you get points when you do stuff and then that gives you a freeze and then the freeze gets you a rest day if you accidentally miss. So I like that. I think I have a problem with the streak programs that don't give you any breaks because it's like, that's just impossible. Yeah, and that's not like, especially if you're thinking about like health and wellness, like you mm-hmm. you need to have, a, and like Peloton, there's ways to like work the system. They have like meditation and they have stretch, like a 10 minute stretch and like you can, you know, that's good for you. You should stretch on your rest days. But I, that's really cool that they have. So do you basically have to be like, today's a rest day and then you pay in points or something? Or how does it work? So you have to stock up on refills so you can get like two freeze refills. Mm-hmm. And so you just basically have them, as long as you've paid for them with your points, you've got them in your little backpack or whatever. And so then if you miss the day, then it'll use that freeze. And then it'll message you like in a push notification, like you've run out of freezes, like you better do it or it's all for naught. Oh, oh, wow. Well, next time we'll have to do this interview in Spanish because I am also, I'm actually reading children's books in Spanish, right? They're, they're not like awesome. toddler books. They're like, like probably a fifth grade level. Um, my, our, our nanny for our son, um, only speaks Spanish. And I, I'm like a, I would say I'm a solid, you know, advanced beginner, maybe like early inter- intermediate. Um, but nice. she like recommended that I read some books in Spanish that are, they're crafted so that they use the same like 200 words over and over again. So it's like a very oh. boring, like it's, you don't read it for the plot, <laughs> Yeah. but it's, I guess, a studied approach for learning a language that if you are exposed to, if, if you know, like, I think it's something like 150 to 200 words in a language, you know, 90% of the things that you need to say. I'm totally getting these numbers wrong, but something along those lines, <laughs> 80, 20 rule. And so I've been reading those books and it's been really helpful because it's like using the same words over and over. And anyways, next time we'll have to do this in Spanish and see see how it's going. There we go. I I probably wouldn't be able to to do half of the conversation in Spanish, <laughs> but I could try. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, as we wrap up today, one thing we always love to do is we love to support each other and hear like, what are people up to, right? Is there anything that you're involved in or that you're working on that you'd like to share that people might find helpful? I am part of a community called ShareBird. It's a, they have a community of product from product marketers and product managers. It's a great community where you can, um, there's a lot of AMAs and a lot of really good insights that I feel like you can't get on other kind of community forums. Uh, people are kind of giving really candid responses for how they approach 
certain situations. I use it all the time if I'm like, I can't, I'm, how do other people approach, you know, influencing the product roadmap? I, I'm, that's a bad example, but it's a great forum. Um, and I've done a few uh, AMAs um, in the past and I'm doing one actually in a few weeks, which will be great. Uh, my topic is on actually how product marketing and product management work together and how they're different and how they're awesome. similar that sort of thing. So if you're interested in product marketing or product management, that's definitely one to check out. But yeah, there's a lot of really great product marketing leaders on there sharing insights. And I think it's a great way to just like learn from others at other companies and, and kind of how they're approaching things. So um, that's my plug for, for that. That sounds good. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been a pleasure to, to chat, see what you're up to, kind of catch up. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eddie. Happy to chat anytime. Thank you for joining us for episode 37. I said I'd never get a Peloton with Sonia Moirey. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Sonia's social media accounts in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, help others discover it as well. How about giving us a shout out on your favorite social media platform and tag a friend or coworker that you think would especially enjoy this episode. Don't forget to follow us wherever you hang out online or subscribe to our newsletter and stay up to date. Thank you for listening and have a great day.